All right, man. What's up, Ryan? How are you, dude? Logan, I'm doing great. Fired up. Heck, heck yeah, man. Well, welcome to the What's Goody podcast, man. I'm so excited to have you on. And, you know, you and I, we've had many conversations about your special project that you're working on. And, man, I, I know, you know, when we talked the very first time, how long you told me you've been working on this project. And I was like, man, this is nuts. But the way, what you told me was, it seriously takes this long. It takes this long to do it the right way and to do something that is so meaningful to you. So um, I, I just want to jump right into it, man. T tell tell the people that are listening and watching this what you're working on right now. Wow, yeah. My main project is called Food Lies. It turned into a six-part documentary series. It's kind of my life's work, you could say, and it's been something that's been really in the making for nine years when I really started my journey. I lost both my parents when I turned 30. It was kind of around the same time I turned 30 and around the same time I started not being so healthy. I was just thinking that this was dad bod life for now on. And, you know, I was going down the route that everyone else goes down where you, you're on different, you know, little over-the-counter medications, maybe one or two other medications. You can't play sports anymore. You just have a belly the whole thing. And then I made a few changes in my diet and everything changed. My entire life changed. I haven't gotten sick in seven years. Like all my problems went away. Everything got better. So it all started with this journey of my parents, you know, not wanting to fall to the same fate and then just cleaning up my act and changing my life. And now that's all I do. I have all these different projects based around spreading this information, learning more about it, working with Dr. Gary, you know, working with patients, doing my podcast, Peak Human, my company knows the tale, getting out, you know, quality, super high quality food products to people to help them change their diet. So yeah, everything is just based around this journey of mine or this mission of mine to give people the correct information about food and diet and lifestyle. And it's so opposite from what we've been told. And so that's what Food Lies is. And I hope you saw the intro. If anyone doesn't know what Food Lies is, you got to watch that three and a half minute intro on my YouTube channel. Yeah, and I'll make sure I'll put it in the description notes for people to go check it out because it is really good, man. And okay, so <clears throat> going back to, you know, I want to go back. I want to start from the very beginning when, and I know it's probably tough to talk about, but, you know, losing, losing your family, losing your parents, was was that was that would you say was that the number one wake up call for you and were you were you really close to your parents were you really you know they lived near well, you no so i grew up in hawaii um so i i moved away for college and didn't see them much since and this happened at the end of my college and well it started happening my mom got alzheimer's and mm -hmm. you know i'd go home and she wouldn't be the same Mm -hmm. And then eventually my dad got diagnosed with prostate cancer. And so, yeah, I was always just away in the mainland doing my thing in, in Los Angeles. And uh, quick, yeah, the side story is I, I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. So I went to engineering school and that's part of my background. But that, that's why I was in Los Angeles. I went to UCLA. So it, it was rough not being there um, when this was all happening. And then, you know, one day I was working and got the call that you know, my dad took a turn and I flew over and that was the end. And then actually my mom is still 
well, she's been unresponsive for over two years, completely yeah. unresponsive, but she's still technically alive. And the, the story there is we followed all the guidelines. Like we were the family that was the food pyramid, like practically printed out on the refrigerator. You know what I mean? To reference to how to eat. Yeah. We were doing all the things they said to do. We had whole grain, this and that, the whole grain pasta, the, the lean chicken breast, the, the whole thing. We were just doing it. like use the canola oil, like use the, you know, like skip the egg whites or something. You know, it was just all what the food pyramid was saying or whatever. The time we weren't going out to fast food, we were doing it right. We cooked all our own meals and it just wasn't working. You know, they just looking back, they had prediabetes. This is another part of the story is nine out of 10 people in the U.S. who have prediabetes don't know it. That's like yeah. a crazy stat we're using. The they don't know it. The CDC says this. They admit it. Nine out of 10. Go to the site right now. Nine out of 10 people who have prediabetes don't know it. And there's millions of people with prediabetes that we yeah. do know about. So pretty much they, I mean, I know they had it looking back. I know the signs. No one told them anything. No one, mm -hmm. you know, they just went along their, their life and got sicker and sicker each year. So that's why. I was so passionate about it when I changed my life really simply. I read The Primal Blueprint from Mark Sisson um, around nine years ago. And I was like, oh, well, that's it. All I have to do is kind of do the opposite of what they're saying. Eat more red meat, get rid of like refined grains and sugars and oils. I was like, wow, my whole life changed. All I did was that. So that's the path I've been on since. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever seen any pictures of you before you started your journey. Cause all I see now and like seeing you in person is like, you're fucking ripped, dude. <laughs> like you're shredded, man. And so I'm like, I, I don't think I've ever seen you like out of shape or, and was there ever a time when you were heavier, like in the, your college yeah. days? Or? I pose those sometimes. I just look really puffy and you can tell okay. it's just yeah. pure, like the pre-diabetes basically, you know, when you puffy, I had the dad bod, I had like, maybe 15 or 20 pounds of extra fat just sitting on my body. Yeah. That's interesting, man. Yeah. Cause I know seeing you now, like dad, you're in, you're, you're, in, you're in better shape than me, man. <laughs> I've never seen you for the first time. I was like, dude, damn, this guy's dude shredded. Man. He looked great, man. Um, and I'm the bodybuilder. <laughs> so, uh, well, it's, I'm too lean. I am too thin. I, I, I need to hit the gym more often. I, I kind of just do maintenance stuff, but yeah, yeah. I don't have too much muscle. <laughs> <laughs> no, you look good, dude. You look good. Um, and I didn't, I didn't even know that, like you, that you grew up in Hawaii. That's, I always find that pretty interesting. Like, how was life growing up in Hawaii? Like, did, I mean, how long were you there from birth to? Yeah. To, like, is, was your was it because your parents were in the military or anything like that? No, I was born and raised. My mom was born and raised. Uh, it's my grandpa got out there. You know, I don't know what year to help build Hawaii. He, he mm -hmm. was a president of a construction company. Uh, I think he worked up to that, but that built a lot of Hawaii, like the main mall, Ala Moana, like he built Ala Moana. Wow. He built some of these big buildings, Aloha Stadium. Like he was Holy doing crap. the thing. Yeah. Jeez. But yeah, uh, growing I mean... up there was great. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it, it is pretty amazing where you, you just go to the beach every day and you, you know, it's pretty normal, but it's also... I guess a vacation spot and I don't know. It was great. Yeah. Do you ever, you ever miss it? Like be, being here on the mainland for so long, do you ever like, damn, like 
one day I'll be back? Or do you just kind of like, yeah, um, it's, those days are gone. I don't know about on. moving back. I think it's it's where I would go there to retire, maybe, <clears> if <throat> I just threw in the towel. I just go every <laughs> Christmas for three weeks and get my fill. Nice. Heck yeah, man. So you uh, you found, I think it was, you said Mark Sessions, right? Book? Mark Sessions, um, yeah. Mark Sessions, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mark Sessions' book. And you started changing your lifestyle, which again, which is what I've, you know, again, you, you and I know it's the hardest thing to do to get people to do, right? Change their daily habits, change the way they eat. Once you tell someone they can't have their McDonald's or their Chipotle or their Chick-fil-A, like they look at you like you're an absolute freak. Like, what do you mean? I cannot have this. Um, and, and when you change your lifestyle, when did you start like noticing the changes like in your body? What did you notice first? Like, did you feel better? Were you concentrating? Like, what were the things that you're like, holy shit, like, this is, this is working. Like, this is awesome. Yeah, I remember, well, my friends, it was, I got to credit my friends because two of my buddies did it and they were, they lost double the weight. They were like 30, 35 pounds overweight and they just slimmed down. It's just really amazing how you can just go into your human form that you're supposed to be. You just eat <laughs> yeah. a human diet you're supposed to. And looking back, it's just amazing what they look like before. And now it's been nine years and they're complete. Nothing's changed, you know? And then we have our other friends we grew up with and they all are the dad bods. And they don't know that they have a human form that they could look like if they just change their diet. And we all played football together, right? I grew up playing football more days in my life than not. And all of these guys were fit, good looking guys at one point, And now they're all dad bods. And I just, anyway, so yeah, I just started cutting out. It was so easy. I just cut out like bread and pasta and rice and stopped using vegetable oil. And yeah, it was, I think it was a matter of months and I, I did not count calories. I didn't do anything like back in the day. It was just so simple. All I did was remove that food and I just kind of ate more meat. And I, I used to have joint pain. I used to have acid reflux. I used to have mm -hmm. allergies. I used to have overuse injuries. They all went away. It was crazy. I had like 10 years of overuse injuries from the computer. And when I finally really started doing this, like made it my lifestyle, the overuse injuries finally went away. It was like getting rid of that inflammation. And then with the acid reflux, yeah, I was the guy that, you know, you have to take Tums all the time. Like, oh my God. I have yeah, not yeah, had with you any kind of, yeah, any heartburn <laughs> or acid, like not <clears throat> once, like not once. And even I do, even if I do have some sort of meal that isn't perfect, my body's fine. Like I can, you know, it, there's such a difference between eating that stuff every day and then eating it just very uh, sparingly. So I think even the allergies is, is interesting because people don't really get it. If you're not in the health space, you're like, oh, that doesn't make sense. You just stopped eating bread and your allergies went away. I'm like, well, it does make sense. If you have this constant low-grade inflammation from eating these grains every day, your body, your immune system is constantly in this little battle. Once you get rid of that, your immune system can work better. Yeah. I mean, that's a very high-level, simplistic way of thinking about it, but that's what happens. Yeah, no, it's uh, but it's... It, it goes totally against what they've been taught since they were a small child, right? And that's what's and that's what's heartbreaking, like for me, because you know, me being you know Mexican heritage, I, you know a lot of my family members do. Uh, I, they're all, if not, 
it's sad to say this, but all of my family members pretty much have some sort of metabolic disease. Uh, pre-diabetes probably being number one. Um, and it's, you know, it's all the, well, it's all about the way they eat. But again, like it's hard to tell them since they were a small child, like this is what they did every week, right? Every, every end of the, every weekend getting together as a family, as a big, which is a big part of our Mexican culture. Like we get together as a family. That's what we do. We get together over this massive potluck of food that tastes very good, but mm-hmm. probably not the best for you, right? And and we probably add some things to that. Like, you know, we like to drink beer too. So my family will add beer to that. And and again, years and years of doing this and it's gonna catch up and it'll eventually uh, do, its, do its damage, right? And so, you know, for me and you being on this side of our journey, it's very simplistic for us. Like it's hard for us to wrap our heads. Like it's hard for me to wrap my head around why it is so hard. Why do people struggle with this simple concept? Stop eating this junk food. All that crap that is in your pantry, nine out of 10, it's all junk. It's all crap. It's processed Mm -hmm. junk. Eat the stuff in your refrigerator that probably has five to six days lifespan. That's probably the good stuff, right? The things that are gonna go bad pretty soon. Uh, But it's so hard for people to wrap their head around that because they've been embedded since they were a small child. The food pyramid, like you said, make sure you get your breakfast, the most important meal of the day. Make sure you get your Kellogg's, um, you know, mini wheats or whatever propaganda they've done since the, you know, since the 70s and 80s. But, you know, there's so many directions I want to go here. And. I, want, I guess the direction I want to go, why do you think, why do you think food industries are pushing that crap on us so much? Like, what is your theory? And do you mm. have any deep dives into why don't, why are they not talking about eating more meat and exercising and getting away from the whole group? Like, what, what, what is your opinion on that? Yeah, well, it's kind of like the bigger question, like, why is the system like this? Why is all information yes. opposite of what we what we know to be true? And I do love looking into that. Actually, my presentation at KetoCon this past this year was called "Exposing the Trillion Dollar Agenda Against Red Meat," and everything you're asking is kind of wrapped up in what I found. And what I found. Well, it's it's all it's in the film, and it's just what I've been doing for the past nine years is trying to piece these puzzles together, and it's actually beyond money. So, but we can start with the money because a lot of it is just money. Money and makes that's the world around. Trillion dollar agenda. I mean, it's it's I mean, multiple trillions. It's it touches pharmaceuticals, it touches the healthcare system, or of course, sick care system is what it really is. The yeah. big food, big agriculture, just Bonsanto, the just down to the nutritionists and who funds us all it's all tied together and uh i i actually bring it all the way back to the invention of agriculture if you want to really go back why this all I happened do. and yeah, why please yeah why is everything why is the world like this there twelve thousand years ago we invented agriculture and then that created pharaohs and slaves we started out as hunter-gatherers egalitarian tribes you know everyone was pretty equal i mean of course mm-hmm. there was you know some leaders and stuff like that but we we're all generally equal we we're all healthy everything was great and then people found out we could store and tax grains and we can have this accumulation of wealth 
and this power disparity and wealth disparity. And then it, that's, that's like the, 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 that's the big part. I mean, if you trace it back and that stuff is still going on, there's still people that control the system from the, the highest level and give out the rules and make the products and make the information and make the systems that we all have to follow. And it's always been like this. There's always been the kings and the pharaohs. Like if you move past the Egyptian times, there's always, you know, there's, Engl you know, around Europe, everywhere, there's the, the kings and the ser uh, like servants are serfs. That's what I was saying, serfs. You know, it's like people working yep. in the fields. Yep. And part of it is just that if you process plant foods, you can make a lot of money. That's another idea of it. And, you, you know, I asked about red meat. It's like, there's no money in all those foods that go bad in five to six days in your fridge. All the money is made by processing plant foods. So it's like this sad reality. The fact that you can process grains and sell them to people for, you know, 30 times the profit, you know, box of cereal, what it costs, I don't know. I don't buy cereal. What is it like $5? That yeah, probably I mean, costs do, like yeah. 15 cents. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, and like I, the like, cereal now is like massive boxes. Like they're like and like everything like now. And if you go to the store, and it's funny, I'm doing a video on this pretty soon. But now everything like I've noticed everything is family size. Family size is in the corner. Like that is some mm -hmm. advertisement or like that's some like ding ding ding. Like this is what you you should get because this is the family size Oreo pack. This is the family size mm -hmm. Frosted Flakes. This is the family size cookies. Um, and it's like. What, where, what is all this? It's just, it's just That's more crap, great right? propaganda. That's it great is. marketing. Cause it, it, yeah, it advertises the families who make more, most of the purchases. And this is another thing that I figured out because I have my company nose tail and I, I understand more about like unit economics of business. This is so good that you brought this up. Family size. Like I said, that box of cereal costs 15 cents. They're selling it for $5. Yeah. If they make double the size, of the box, maybe it costs them 17 cents. You know what I mean? It costs like yeah. three more cents. If you're talking about giant scale, like Kellogg's, that yeah. like the cereal is free. The cereal is basically free. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the box that it's in costs more than the cereal. So wow. huge profit margin. You get, you, you, you put two more cents of cereal in there. It's double the size and people think they're getting a good deal. Mm -hmm. And well, that's there, there's another thing here is people think they're getting a good deal by buying cheaper food, but no one thinks long term. I always try to go back to the very root of the problem. Maybe that's my engineering stuff. But <laughs> there's this there's this kind of inherent thing about humans that we don't like this. Like we think short term, you know, mm -hmm. it's like so many people think short term. They're like, hey, well, this food is cheap. I can buy a, buy a box of mac and cheese for like two bucks and feed my family dinner. And this chicken over here is like $6, even though that's a great deal. You know, you get those supermarket chickens and it's like Costco. It's like this giant yep. chicken. Yep. Uh, but still like they, people just are just always trying to take the shortcuts. And that's just this human nature thing where we just always want the shortcut. <clears throat> we want what's easy. We don't want to change. Yeah. We're, we're into our habits. So it's like when the fundamental natures of the world, also when you get out of the small tribes and you get into you know, hundreds of thousands of people to millions of people, things just break down. Like everything breaks down to you. You can't have messages for individual health. Everything becomes messages for just broad 
sweeping things that governments do that are always bad. They're always just supposedly for the greater good, but they're actually at the expense of individual health, right? That's how we end up with our systems and our food pyramid. And they're just like, well, people aren't going to figure out good nutrition. It's more expensive to buy whole foods and animal products. And we have to put the bill for a lot of these things. So they just make these sweeping decisions of like, well, we're just going to make the food pyramid. And this is just, we have to have a, a simple message to give out to people. And it, it fails. It always fails. So just to wrap up this point, there's these certain things about how the world works. The human, human nature, people want shortcuts. People want to save a buck. How the world works. Processing plant foods makes a lot of money. You can, so people can make a lot of money. These big corporations can make a lot of money off processing plant foods. I don't make any money at Nose and Tail. I'm still trying to break even here. You know, <laughs> I'm also great. trying to do it on my own. I, it, maybe that's yeah. not a good idea. I have like no funding and no nothing. But still, I'm not making any money. Because you don't make any money selling meat. You don't make any money selling like a tomato. You, you know, so I get it. I get it. If you can make 30x the profit on a box of cereal, then you have millions and billions of dollars to do the marketing campaigns, to hire lobbyists, to fund yep. studies, to, you know, throw money at doctors, throw money at pharma. It's insane. Man, so much in that answer that I want to just dive into, man. So many things. Um, okay. I, I think the one thing that stood out to me the most and I agree with you so much is that we are always looking for a shortcut, right? As a society, we always want the fastest route, which is why you see so many advertising like on lose weight in 24 hours, lose up to 15 pounds in just three days, right? All these yeah. billboards and advertising, I mean, just get on YouTube like or, or anything for that matter. It's always the quick, fast way to do things, right? But like you said, Nobody talks about the long term. So it's like, eat this cheap ramen, this <laughs> box of ramen noodles and macaroni and cheese and hamburger. It's so funny. I saw a hamburger helper at the store the other day and it was like, we, we use real hot dogs instead of ground beef. Like if that was an advertisement, like if that was a good thing, like why the fuck would I want hot dogs, ass, ass and lips and instead of ground beef and it blew my mind that people see that shit and they're like oh shit they have hot dogs and the hamburger helper well hell yeah let me fucking grab three of these things uh, so, but you know we don't talk about the end result right the medication you're gonna have to eventually be on the the uh the the trips to the to the doctors and and, and all these other things that you have to do uh once you become you know, metabolically sick and you're on all types of medications and then life's just a pain in the ass, right? It's not enjoyable. You're constantly in pain. You can't do things. And, and I always wonder why people don't ever think about that or, or bring that up. And I guess, I guess I do kind of know the answer. It's cause it's like, nobody wants to look that far ahead. They're just like, can't look past the next paycheck or can't look past the next Friday. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think if, I think if the government or whoever is <laughs> who is who is ever looking out for our health, the health administration, whatever, all right, 
uh, if they would just talk about that and bring that to light, like, guys, if you don't take care of yourself right now, it's going to cost you double, if not triple, when you get older. And no one talks about that. Well, it's super hard. There's, like, two main problems, and you're kind of bringing up both of them. There's the information is wrong, right? So if, if the whole world is blanketed with the wrong information, of course people aren't going to make a change. And then there's the whole second problem, which is if people did have the right information, will they make the change? And you said the lifestyle change is hard. And I do really get into this and I work with patients with Dr. Gary, you know, we do like a sapien health program and stuff like that. So I, I, I've seen it firsthand. You can give people all the information they want, but they're like, but, 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 but I eat pizza every Friday. That's my thing. You know, it's like, or tell someone in Hawaii to not eat rice. They're like, uh, you eat rice with every meal. That's like half the meal is rice, you know? And so people are, are not willing to change. Right. So the information's completely wrong. So, you know, and it's almost supporting their bad diets, right? They're like, yeah, "Yeah, eat all the whole grains you can. And, and yeah, processed foods are fine. Just look at the calories. That's all that matters is the calories, right? So, so the information's wrong. It's supporting people's bad habits. And, but I'm telling you, there is a huge other hurdle of getting people to change. And there's a couple things I, I try to tell people. One is the change is the hard part, but when you get to the other side, it's actually better. It's more mm-hmm. enjoyable. It's because mm-hmm. a lot of people, they're like, oh, but now I'm never going to have pizza again. Or I'm never, it's going to be miserable, right? In their head, they're just thinking it's all misery. Because every diet they've been on has been miserable because they're just yeah. eating less of the same bad foods or eating the wrong foods, trying to eat salads with low-fat dressing and, you know, no meat. <laughs> it's terrible ideas. Of course that's terrible. So I'm trying to tell people, hey, you got all the wrong information. The good diet is super enjoyable. I'm eating steak and lamb and be in just cheese and delicious meals Every day, every day is an absolute treat. I cannot wait to eat my meals. Yeah. <laughs> and I do remember when I was like, oh, I'm scared. I don't want to change. I love to eat my breakfast sandwich every day. You know, I got my bread and I fry it up and it's so good. I'm going to have to change that. But when you get to the other side, it's just as good, if not better. So you, you got to somehow get through to people. Hopefully we're getting through to some people right now that they're still resistant. They're like, yeah, but I do like to go to this restaurant and get the, you know, fried chicken on Fridays. Like it's going to be hard in the beginning, but when you get, you got to get to the other side, you got to, you got to get people into their head. You got to get to the other side. And then another thing is giving people the short term, medium term and long term benefits or let them see that because Mm -hmm. people aren't going to make the changes. And they're always going to think short term. And I get it because I think short term too. And I, and I have done this and I've seen it everywhere. But if you allow people to see that, okay, well, sorry, to go back to long term first. Long term is super hard for people to think about, right? Yeah. If you say you, you want to be healthy when you're 80, eat this way. It's like, well, that's way too far. You want to be you know, healthy even next year, that's too far. If you, you, you're going to be on three medications in three years if you don't change your diet too far for people to think you got to get them you got to get them to change it now and part of that is just how they will feel like if you can get someone to change and eat differently and actually not feel like they're gonna pass out or want to crawl into a cave at 2 p.m every day then maybe they can you know like do this maybe they can make some changes because they're like wait well this there's like a fog lifted 
from my brain once I started eating real food. But then maybe that would take a while, right? So they have to see it. You got to get people to yeah. see the light where they, they have that immediate term. So now I'm not interested in fast food, right? Yeah. So that was a switch that took years maybe. I People come visit Austin and they're like, oh, where do, where do you go? What's a good restaurant? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I have no desire to go out to eat. Like, I found, like, maybe one place that actually makes good food without seed oils and, like, weird yeah. ingredients. But really, I don't know. I don't know where to go out. <laughs> so, isn't, that, isn't, that, isn't that so funny? But And I'm sure people look at you like, what the, Brian, what the fuck? You live in Austin, Texas. There's so many good places to eat. And, you know, and you're like, I just eat my own food. I cook my own meals. Is that it? Yeah, it's it's, I, it just listening to the people listening to that right now. I guarantee when you go out to tra- when you go travel to different cities, that's the first thing you think of. What attractions am I going to do? What tourist attraction places am I going to go see? And what restaurants am I going to go eat? Restaurant. And it's that's what it's like so embedded in our culture. But it, I, 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 you got to find a middle ground and let people do that and experience the food. And we've done that. We've shared food in Austin, and we went to yeah. this great place and there was a a barbecue food truck and we got some great barbecue meat with some fermented vegetables and we threw away the bread yeah yeah yeah. and anybody who's listening to this if you come to austin texas terry black's terry black's barbecue is terry black oh man get some brisket but you can still do it right yeah you can still do it and and i do go to terry black's yeah if people visit me we'll go to terry black's we'll get some brisket we'll go get some barbecue it's possible i'm just saying I don't have any desire to do it on my own and I can make better food. I'm at the point now where for my personal taste, I can do better than most restaurants. Yeah. Right? Not saying I'm a great yeah. cook or anything. I just, I just know that I'm going to get a better value. I'm going to yeah. get it cooked perfectly. I've practiced, you know, these meals so many times. So I think there's a big thing of, if you're not relying on willpower to do, to do a diet, right? That's what I'm saying is yeah. people hate diets because they're terrible and you're relying on willpower. If you can make this change, and I'm telling you, it took me years, right? I went, it was a slow process where it's like each sort of month or each year, I kind of got less interested in going out to eat and I had better dietary choices. And, you know, it goes from you're just grabbing the mac and cheese to you're at the farmer's market, like talking to your, your rancher, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like it's not easy. It's not like day one you're gonna all of a sudden be eating this like regeneratively grown like magical diet, but you can get there. And you can't do it w- if you're relying on willpower. You have to do it where you have no interest in yeah in going to these places anymore. I have no interest in snacking. Once I change my diet, I don't yeah. have any interest. It's not like hard for me not to eat. I'm just like I do not want to eat. Right? Yeah. Like that's people, it's a huge difference. Most people are like, oh, I yeah. wish I could have a snack. I'm like, I don't wish I could have a snack. I'm waiting for my next amazing meal. People listening to this right now are like, yeah, dude, like snacking's one of the biggest problems is everyone has to snack at least two to three times a day. Like every client I I bring on that I work with, I ask them, give me your food schedule for the day. What do you do? Let me see what you eat. They're like, oh, well, you know, I I fast in the morning. (laughs) They always fast in the morning. I fast Mm -hmm. in the morning. Okay, cool. Uh, then I have my first meal until about one. Then I have a snack, and then I have another snack, and then I eat dinner, and then I have a snack before bed, and then I go to bed. And I'm like, so you maybe eat a meal and a half a day, and then the rest is just snacking. Uh, so yeah, no, snacking is one of those things that's 
you're right. People, another thing that is just so embedded in, into culture, right? Especially in like the work setting, like you, you work a nine to five or there's vending machines everywhere and there's a break room and people, people are always bringing donuts to the break room on Fridays mm-hmm. or kolaches. And it's like, it's like that whole culture of just negative food and just bring people just bringing the food and like, it's okay. There's donuts in the break room. Or you ever hear like, yeah. I know you used to work at like, at a place where like they would get excited. Like, yo, 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 dude, bro, donuts in the break room. Like on the walkie talkie, mm-hmm. like donuts in the mm-hmm. break room, get down here. I'm like, again, like I, but I was one of those guys like, hell yeah, let's go. That was pre uh, my mm-hmm. fitness journey. But yeah, I would get excited. Like, hell yeah, donuts in the break room, let's go. Uh, but I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna make a point too on how you said it, it gets easier as you get to the other side of it. Guys, listen to me. I lost 70 pounds uh, when I start, well, when I started my finish journey throughout my finish journey, I lost 70 pounds. I am never, never going back to the old me. It's not going to happen. I refuse to, and I refuse to let it happen. Uh, because I feel so good. I feel great. I'm the best I've ever looked to go back on Brian's point earlier. I used to be the guy that had the dad bod and think it was normal. Like majority of people do, right? They think it's normal. You get older. Hey, you have kids. You get a job, you get busy, it just happens. You get the dad bot. But, you know, my biggest thing on, on like my platforms is like, fuck that. No, you absolutely do not need to have a dad bot. A matter of fact, I'm trying to start a movement as we speak that this is the new dad bot. We mm. are the new dad bot. And, uh, and, and this is the way it should be and, and can be if you can, you know, you can change your lifestyle. And absolutely, like Brian said, it's going to be fucking hard in the beginning. Like for me, I didn't really care about donuts and pizza and pasta as much. What I cared about was craft beer. Like I loved me some beer. I, I just did. That's just who I, my back, before this guys, and I really don't ever really talk about this much. Uh, and not too many people know this about me. But before I got into my finish journey, I was really into Harley Davidson's. Like I, I thought I was a, a, a biker bandit dude like like i'm not i was a wannabe obviously uh i was not into any i wasn't in any gangs i was no biker gangs or anything like that but i was like your biker with a leather vest bandana um motorcycle uh jeans and 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 boots and i would just bar hop bro just bar hop bar hop drink eat drink eat drinking and 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 i was like into that shit so um Anyways, I don't even know where I was going with that, but oh, to give that up, yeah, to give that yeah, oh yeah, up. to give it up, yeah, I get, yeah, get, yeah. There, sorry, I was living mm-hmm. my biker days, but anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm never going back there. I'm never going back to that 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 time in my life. I, I enjoy the way I feel and look, and and yeah, I just I don't want to go back there. And 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 again, like it's it's going to be hard, but I promise you, it'll be so worth it. And like Brian said, once you get to the other side, you won't want that stuff, like. Me, I'll have a beer every once in a while, but I don't crave it like I used to, where like every day getting not off of work, jumping on my bike and like hitting up the, the 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 closest bar or hitting up the bar that's you know that's on the way to my house. Um, also, another thing is that you know once once you once you get to the other side, like and, and again, we not too many people talk about this, but when you get to the other side, people see that your friends see that your loved ones see that. Um, your spouse, your brother, your sister, whatever, people see that. 
and you're actually like helping them out. You're encouraging them because they're like, wow, like, look at Logan. Like, holy shit. Like, he was fat. Now look at him. He looks great. And you're encouraging them. You're motivating them. And you're actually a real life, you know, inspiration story instead of something they just see online or on Yahoo or whatever, like, you know, advertisement that you would always see those like slim fast. Like you'd see that doctor, yeah, he yeah. would look all fucking buff. I'm like, no uh, way that is the same guy and no way that's uh, a doctor. Like, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. but now you actually see someone like, you know, I know that guy, like he works with me and look at him. So, um, you're actually doing a, not only helping yourself, but you're, you're, you're helping a lot of other people, uh, through your journey. You just don't know it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what people around me see. And, and I eventually changed my, some of my, like my sister, like she, it's hard to change your family too. They don't want oh, to listen dude. to you, oh but you God, have yes. to do it by not, not getting on them too hard. Do you have to practice what you preach? Let them see it. And then a third tip is let a third party kind of come in. It's very interesting how it turned with my sister. Some other girl she knew somehow followed me. And then all of a sudden I was validated and my sister's like, Oh, maybe I should listen to my brother. There's this girl, you know, whoa, whoa. So I don't know. Maybe you have to pay off someone. A hundred and ten percent, bro. <laughs> I am telling y'all, anybody who's listening is going to agree with me. If you're married, the best way to get your spouse or, um, yeah, to get your wife or your husband to do anything is to not recommend or you not tell them to do it because yeah. once you tell them to do it they're like fuck you like i'm not listening to you get out of here you jerk i'm gonna i'm gonna eat my carbs right. but somebody else comes like you said their friend or a co-worker or betty from two blocks down says we should do this i think i'm gonna do this with you uh yeah no it's that it's funny how that and, and again i don't know what that is what you call that but it is it, i totally agree with mm -hmm. you dude like mm -hmm. my wife i i would tell her about keto and she'd be like hell no i'm not doing keto. like i'm not mm -hmm. doing keto but then her friends dude her friends would watch my stuff so i'll ask her questions and she would get so pitched like so and so is asking mm -hmm. me this what do i tell her and i'm like oh we'll just tell her this and that and, and it eventually it, it got through her and then she started you know obviously living a low carb um, not really keto, but more low carb fasting lifestyle. And she lost tons of weight too. So, uh, we both did. I mean, and I, and I always share my, our wedding pictures. We were huge, bro. Mm. We were super huge. And we always joke around, like we need to redo our wedding pictures. Um, but we both, uh, got in really great shape. And the funny thing is guys, like we did that. We, we got into shape. Like I want to say, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we both got into shape right when we had kids. I mean, well, when she had kids. So I was already uh, in, in th through my journey. But, you know, I just want people to know that, look, I know you have kids and I know it gets hard. Trust me, I got a little one that just went to, that just started school this year. And so every morning, it's, dude, it's World War Three to brush her hair. <laughs> every morning, bro. It's screaming, kicking, cream, like everything. Like, it just hates brushing her hair. But we got to do it. And um, it's tough, but I just want other parents out there, especially moms and dads, that look, if I can do it, you can do it. There's nothing special about me. I'm just like yourself. Like I work multiple jobs. Um, my life is very, very stressful, but I still find time to take care of my nutrition and health. And you can too. There's nothing, there's nothing different from me. So I, w I really want parents to understand that you don't have to just give up and say, yeah, this, this is what it is. Like, this is what p parents do. You get older and you just let yourself go because 
life gets busy and life gets hectic. And, and so I'm telling you, no, it, it's not normal. It doesn't have to be normal. It doesn't have to be your normal. And use like your kids as uh, motivation. Like my kids, like, you know, like when I first started, I didn't have kids. So my goals were totally different. Now my goals are, I'm doing this for my kids. Like I want to be able to run and play with my kids. I want to be able to go to my kids soccer game, a ballet game, and I want to be the best looking dad or the best in shape dad is what I mean by that. Um, and just show my kids and show other kids that look, you, 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 you can do this. You just have to make it a priority like everything else, right? Like everybody makes watching the latest Netflix, which is, you know, um, Jeffrey Dahmer or whatever's out right now. Like, you know, everyone always makes a priority to watch the latest shows and, 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 and all that, but they don't ever want to make it a priority to take care of their health and nutrition. So um, I think that's my one of my biggest um, messages. It's just I want parents to know, man, like you said, that you don't have to have the dad bod. You don't have to let yourself go, uh, moms, just because you're a mom. Like you could be a kick-ass, in-shape, healthy parent and you and, and do it for your kids. And and I, the one more thing to add to that, I, back to the willpower thing. I think a lot of people see you and they're like, wow, well, Logan did it, but he's got like insane willpower and he killed himself and he's like constantly killing himself to do this. And you're like, no, man, this is just what I do. So people mm-hmm. make excuses for you. Yeah. And you, you know, they're like, oh, well, that guy, well, yeah, he's a professional athlete. So that's why he's in shape. Like, no, no, no. You know, I mean? there, there's way more to it. It's like he has the right information or it, yeah. it, a lot of people like to make excuses. I've had this. I, I've been thin shamed. My, my whole life, actually, because even in my 20s, I was playing a lot of sports and getting away with things, right? And people were just like, oh, well, you just do that. I'm like, well, no, I, I mean, I don't eat fast food and I make my own meals and, you know, stuff like that. Like, even when I didn't even know, like, real nutrition, I was still, yeah. I was still doing it. But, but, but yeah, the other part of the point is that it, it's not hard. Once I figured out these things, and I don't know if we need to give people more information about what we're talking about, because there's more to it than just like cutting out refined carbs and mm-hmm. oils. But, you know, it, it doesn't take, it's not like you are special. Well, I guess that's what you said. It's not like you are some like special, special character that, you know, no one can emulate it's like no you just figured out the right information had some discipline you know had some intention and you did it so i guess i can give so i don't know some of these kind of more tips or information that have helped me along the way and i i think part of it is the 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 calorie stuff i just hate the calorie counting paradigm you know (laughs) because all calories are not the same, and I don't care what you say. I, I know some of these guys, they'll try to say, it's like, oh, well, calories is a unit of energy, so it is a calorie. Like, uh, okay, I get energy balance. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get that there's a fact that you, you eat a certain amount and you expend a certain amount of energy, and if you're eating too much, you're going to gain fat. Like, I get that concept. But yeah. the question is why? Why do people eat too much? How? Why? How? Why? People, like, no one wants to be fat and sick, yet here we are. Right, so there's got to be more to it because no yeah. one wants to overeat. Why? Why do people overeat? That's a big question that I try to answer, and I'm I for some reason obsessed with that. Maybe again, it's my engineering stuff. It's like why do people <laughs> trying to solve like, this problem? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to understand because on a, on a population level, I'm like, well, why do people overeat? Why did all of a sudden in 1980 the obesity go? You know, kind of was like steadily going up slowly to a big uptick, right? Huge. That's yeah. when the dietary guidelines came in. So why? And I think 
It's a few things, and I think it, it has to do with protein and processing. This is kind of my big conclusions after all this time, protein and processing. So okay. protein is basically a life hack, and you as the bodybuilder, you know, guy that it's lives, life, you know baby. that. I don't have to convince you, but uh, so many people funny, out there. Well, also, people don't know this. I was running late to this podcast because I was stuffing my mouth with protein. <laughs> so I was like, bro, I have back-to-back uh, podcasts right now. If I don't get this protein in, I'm not going to get it in for about two-plus hours. And so it's funny. Like, in, in here, in Brian, here he is, like, telling you, like, it is. It's everything. It's a life act. So, but everyone needs to be concerned about it. Not just Logan hitting the weights. Absolutely everyone, kids, adults grandparents, absolutely everyone. It is so huge, not just for the nutrients and, you know, just having enough protein, but even the satiety factor, right? It's, it's like a cheat code. It's like, this will keep you full. And also the thermic effect, like it takes more calories to burn the protein for your body to process it mm-hmm. than other macronutrients. So it's, it has that advantage too. It's almost like a little cheat code keeps you full. It's, you know, taking more energy to even process it. It's, supporting your muscles it's supporting all your organs it's supporting your bones people don't understand that it's how how many things it's doing they think it's just for your muscles like absolutely not and this is what i think went wrong in 1980 it's like this or or just even with any mainstream diets you're going maybe lower in protein all right They're, they're doing the food pyramid it's like oh stuff yourself with all the bottom it's just all grains and empty foods and starches. And then even the next level, it's just like fruits and vegetables. I mean, they're fine, but there's no protein in them. These aren't going to keep you full. I mean, maybe some fiber will keep you temporarily full, like, you know, for half an hour while you're eating or maybe one hour, but it's not lasting satiety like protein and fat. So this whole like calorie stuff, it's so off because in the mainstream diets, they're just telling you to eat less of the same foods or eat or eat the wrong foods that are low in protein to begin with. And now you're calorie restricting. That is insane. You're, you're now you're getting even less protein. And then the other side of that is the processing part. And that's so huge as well. I keep mentioning refined grains, you know, added sugars, refined oils, like all the seeds. These are highly processed things. These calories are not the same as whole food calories. And I don't know if some Lane Norton type guy is going to, you know, try to like make some argument about, well, they technically are the same calories. And if you eat, you know, a hundred calories of oil, it's the same thing as a hundred calories of butter. I'm like, I mean, I kind of get your point, but absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like you're not going to be full for the same amount of time. If you eat a hundred calories of, of Cheez-Its to a hundred calories of steak. You are not going to be full for the same amount of time. Yeah. And that's what matters. Being full, losing weight is a battle of fullness. It's a battle of satiety. It's a battle of not yeah. overeating, not snacking, right? When it comes down to it, that's what it is, right? Losing fat, I shouldn't just say losing weight because most people lose muscle when they try to lose weight because they're not eating yeah. enough protein, yeah. right? So we're talking about losing fat. How to lose fat is a battle of hunger. And yeah. how do you win the battle of hunger? eat enough protein and don't eat processed foods. It's always yeah. the protein and processing. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll go more into the processing side. When you eat, you could have, there's a classic example of like apple, applesauce or apple juice, right? It's the same food, yet there's just different levels of processing that you go down. Yeah. You eat an apple, 
I mean, you can only eat like two apples. I don't know if anyone's ever eaten more than two apples at once. <laughs> you're gonna be, you're gonna be like decently full. The, the apples and its its whole food matrix. You know the the sugars are within the fiber. You know they're in the whole food matrix, so they're slower mm -hmm. absorbing into your body. It's not gonna spike your blood sugar as much. You're gonna be full for longer. This is the whole thing. Applesauce less, right? You can eat way more of it. It's more processed. Oh, apple yeah. juice, of course. I mean, people know this by listening. You, you get it on a blood glucose meter, you know, you, you see the huge rise, huge spike. Mm -hmm. You're eating like five apples worth of juice in three seconds. So huge difference. Like that's just an extreme point to, to understand the level of processing. Every time you process something down, well, plant foods, the more you process them down, the more blood sugar spike, the more, uh, you know, sort of blood sugar roller coaster you're going to go on, yeah. the more you're going to want to eat sooner. What's great about animal foods is you can process them down and that doesn't happen. You can take a steak and make it into ground beef. It's just as good. Yeah. You know, it's not like you have less satiety. It's just the same. Like fat and protein are pretty amazing from, from animal foods is that they, there's no problem processing them down. I don't have a problem with a nice sausage with quality beef. You know what I mean? I eat beef yeah. sausage all the time. They don't have added ingredients. It's just ground up meat in a case. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, the level processing is huge. People don't take into consideration these two things, the protein or the processing. At least some guys like Lane Norton, they will say, okay, control for protein, right? They're like, all right, as long as you get enough protein, it doesn't matter if you do fat or carbs or what you eat. So he's at least halfway there with that he's got the protein right. But the mainstream, they don't talk about protein so, you know, in general, and they don't talk about processing. They're actually pushing the processed foods. Yeah, they're pushing the processing. The they don't talk about protein, and they are telling you to restrict the fat. Mm -hmm. That's like the game plan. Is what That's another saying. one. Yeah, that, if we want to talk about the third macronutrient, because, yeah, mostly we're talking about, with processing, we're talking about carbohydrates, right? Because yep, most of exactly. those are the ones that get yeah. processed. And then fat is the last one. They're telling you to avoid fat. They're also telling you to eat the wrong kind of fats. They're telling you to avoid saturated fat and to eat the polyunsaturated fat and it's heart healthy and you should be eating these oils and it's just insane. Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, it really is a cheat code with, with the high protein. And so for the longest time, it's funny when I was on my YouTube channel showing like full day of eating and like I, I was, I would, I would call it keto style. Um, but at the end of the day, my macros would always be, the protein would always be much higher than the fats and people would be like dude whoa 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 that's not keto that, that that's not keto like 30 grams of carbs i see that i see your fats are like at 100 but your your protein's at like 180 like, that's not keto i'm like oh well yeah i guess you're right it's not technically the keto macros but this is the way i eat and this is the way that i do my keto version and i feel great like i'm not hungry I feel satiated. I feel strong, building muscle, and and most importantly, I'm staying super lean, right? And 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 again, I I contributed to doing that protein hack, like where my protein is just high. Like call it a high protein diet. I don't care what you want to call it. I think people get too fixated on what diet they're doing or what they want to call it. Like at the end of the day, this is just the way I eat. Where my protein is always, bro always the highest macronutrient it just is and again for people that are just listening to this 
I do consider myself a bodybuilder. No, I'm not a professional. No, I'm not like uh, trying to make it to the Olympia. That's just the style of training that I do is bodybuilding style of training. So for me, the most important thing is to build muscle. And at the end of the day, the very least is to maintain as much muscle as possible. So my protein is always the highest macronutrient. So I wouldn't even, can. I, I guess, I guess you could absolutely are 100% right if you're here saying like, well, you don't do keto anymore. You're absolutely right. I don't. I don't need to do keto anymore because I'm no longer that person that was 70 pounds overweight who had pre-diabetes, or I'm pretty sure I was diabetic as well. I was diabetic, borderline obese, taking Crestor for my cholesterol, taking high blood pressure medication. I was in horrible, horrible shape, but lost all that weight. And I no longer need to eat that certain way that when I first started my journey, when I was trying to lose weight. Now I want to just build muscle. So for anybody that's listening to this, and, and I know I hear it all the time. I hear it almost every day when someone asks me a nutrition question and I always bring up the protein. Like, how much protein do you need? Oh, bro, dude, tr- trust me, dude. I eat enough protein. I mean, a lot of protein. Like, people come up to me in the gym, like, dude, how do I get that big as you, man? I want to I get strong. I want to get. I want to look like you, bro. And I'm like, all right, man, how much are you eating? He's like, oh, dude, I eat so much protein. I'm like, okay, uh, tell me exactly everything you ate today. Oh, well, you know, I, I ate some egg whites. I had some turkey bacon and toast. And then for lunch, I had a ch- grilled chicken salad. I got extra chicken. And then for dinner, I had some uh, some veggies and, like, a nice steak. Okay, cool. I added up everything. Like, you probably had, like, 110, 120 maybe grams of protein. That's not enough. You're a 200 pound, 25 year old. You need yeah. to be getting at least two or 200 grams if you want to get big and just build that muscle. But but what I'm trying to say is, people always think they eat enough protein in a day, but they they're they're underestimating. Oh. Yeah. Well, anyone, picture a female, like a random 30 year old female. If they told you. From my experience, and I do ask the same questions. They don't ask me how to get big because I'm not giant. <laughs> but they, they, I talk a lot about nutrition with people because they know I'm making a film or it comes up. Yep. And yeah, and and it's like 50 grams of protein. You know that the, they're scared of protein. The mainstream society is just the lowest protein diet. Just everything about it is pushing, especially women. Don't eat red meat. Don't eat, you know yep. what I mean? They're, they're scared of protein. The only protein they're eating is like a lean chicken breast. I'm like, we got to change this. We got gotcha. to change this. Like perception. Yeah. Women, if you're listening to this, eat the protein. It is good for you. You're not going to get big and bulky is what I always used to get from women. Like, I want to I want to work out. I want to start working out, but I don't want to get big and bulky. You're not. You're going to actually look the way that you want to look. You're going to get strong. You're going to look great. Eat the protein, lift heavy weights. You can do it too, just like guys. Um, you know, I love that part too because I'm like, you know how hard it is to get bulky. Do you know how hard it is? Do you think it's okay. accidentally going to happen, ma'am? Like, I've been trying to get big and bulky for the last seven years, and I can't do it. I promise you, uh, your your protein and your workouts, you'll be fine. You'll be fine because I've been trying to crack I, the code of getting big and bulky, oh, and I still can't I figure it out. <laughs> If someone sees me in person, I'm like, I'm trying. I mean, I mean, I know I'm not trying hard enough, but it is hard. And actually, I, th- I saw a meme once. I forget the exact meme, but it was so good. It was like pe- women thinking they're going to get bulky on the- in the gym is like thinking that you're going to drive a just drive a Porsche and all of a sudden get into NASCAR. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, wait, what? what you're just going to accidentally become a professional race car driver just because you bought a Porsche. Like yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. This stuff doesn't happen by accident. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you're right, man. I, I think if you were to get any average woman art, art, you know, just average woman here in America. Yeah, you're right. They're, they're, they're not eating that protein. And, and they got, and I guess this goes for guys as well. So I don't want to just feel like we're singling out women. We're not, uh, guys as well, but it just, it's more towards the women's side. Like, yeah, they're, you, everything's always like salads and this and a little bit of fish and a little bit of that. It's like, no, get your protein in. I promise. She'll be fine. Well, that's so, why they're having so much trouble. Of course, you're going to have so much trouble and wanting to snack. I made a meme a long time ago that said snacking. It was a definite, it said snacking. <clears throat> la- the, la- me- um, the result of not eating enough meat in the last meal. Yeah. Like, that's it. It, it if you don't eat enough meat or protein in the last meal, of course you're going to want a snack. Yeah. And, and I have a, I have a good person that uh, you can follow that um, is very big on this. And she's, uh, her name is Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, I believe. And she is really big on protein, like getting your protein in it. And, mm. and she explains the benefits. Obviously I'm not a doctor guy, so I can't break down the science to you like she can but she's a great reference for any women that are listening to this podcast and maybe want to start working out, building muscle. Check her out, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. She has tons of videos on YouTube, and I believe she might have a podcast as well talking about the benefits of protein and, and, and how it benefits women. But check her out. And then also Dr. Jamie Seaman as well, which I know you were just in Nebraska interviewing her as well. So oh, yeah. uh, two amazing uh, people that are just kicking butt, eating protein, and just in the best shape of their lives. So definitely recommend uh, women go check them out. Uh, okay, so Brian, when do you think this uh, this documentary is going to be done? How long? You've been working on it wow. for nine years. I Well, no, no, it's been five and a half years. Okay, my, my journey started nine years ago. Okay. Yeah, lots, a lot has happened in five and a half years, and it... it it needed to happen. It needed to be that, like I said, or you, you kind of said that the good things take time. Part of it is, is sort of making mistakes or, or learning mm-hmm. along the way. The first three years, I thought I was making one film. And then the last two and a half years, I realized I, may, I need to make a different film. You know, I was kind of just stuck down this one way of thinking. And the journey made me realize there's a lot more to diet. And that I, I'm looking at an even higher level view and it, I like to look at all sides and be bulletproof, right? Like if I just made some standard like keto film or something, that's not going to be bulletproof, right? People are going to be like, no, but yeah, but yeah. Because keto isn't the only way to go. Of course, there's other ways to do it. So I, I really had to rewrite it actually three or four times. It was, it's been a real struggle. We had to refilm things. Going to Omaha with Jamie Seaman was our second interview. We had to refilm that because I filmed with him oh three years ago and it just wasn't good enough, you know? And we're like, yeah. nah, I got my new director on board. Actually, a guy I grew up with in Hawaii who's an amazing director who did that three and a half minute intro with me. That's, that yeah, looks, looks really great. Good and really custom made. We handmade each one of those shots pretty much. It was it was a long journey. But anyway, we, we are going to the extremes to make this an absolute amazing six-part series. We'll get it on Netflix. We're trying to get it next year. It's definitely going to be next year. It's just how early in the year we can do it. But we got 
three more interviews last week. So that's really helping. We got to grab a couple more and then just editing. We have a motion graphics guy. We're doing so many motion graphics, you know, explainers. I think that's so important, right? You need to see this information. If you look at the average person just on Netflix, you can't just have a bunch of talking heads, you know, just saying, oh yeah, do this and it's all good. You need to see data. It needs to be entertaining. You need to like get the picture of like why and you need informative infographics to make your points. You need great experts and you need to make it entertaining, fast and fun. We have a custom composer doing the score. We have graphics like we are going all out. The problem is we're trying to make a multi-million dollar like Netflix series that should take like a team of 20 people and multi-million dollars with me and another guy. And just bootstrapping it, no budget bootstrapping. So that's (laughs) why it's getting so long. So yeah, you can support us foodlies.org. The Indiegogo campaign is still up. So anyone listening can go to foodlies.org and, and find us and throw in a few bucks on that and pre-order and you'll get it first. Nice. Awesome, dude. And then where else could, uh, where else can any of my uh, followers and listeners uh, find you? Just search for Food Lies. I'm on all the platforms. So just search Food Lies on YouTube, Instagram, the main places I'm at, Twitter, Facebook. I'm there. Nice, man. Nice. Well, dude, definitely appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day to come chat with me. I know you and I got to definitely link up. Dude, I get your invitations. You Tell them about your sapien, your, your oh, compound man. that you just opened. You got to hear this, guys. This is so yeah. freaking awesome. Sapien Center. I'm trying to get Logan up here. I know he's got a family. He's got some things to do. But uh, if you're in Austin, I'm trying to bring all of this in real life. You know, I do a lot of online stuff. I do my podcast, this and that, YouTube, you know, sell my nose to tail stuff online. We got to be in person. We got it all here. We got an amazing community. Like any event we have, there'll be at least like 30 to 80 people that are yeah. in unbelievable shape on the same page, all about health all entrepreneurial, all just the best vibe. There's like the most positive people. It's unbelievable what's going on in Austin now. And I'm trying to make the Sapien Center the hub of all that. And so we do events and we have membership. We have sauna, we have cold plunge. We have so much stuff. I don't need to do a whole sales pitch. Just if you're in Austin, just come to the Sapien Center and you can get, you'll have a great time. I'll just tell you that. Yeah, I'll, I'll sell it, dude. It is dope. It <laughs> is a awesome atmosphere. Like you said, I'm like, the first time I went, I'm like, God damn, Brian has, fuck, you have a lot of friends. Like, Jesus, I, I don't think I could get this many people to come to an event. And I live in this damn town. Uh, but uh, no, dude, you, uh, it, it's awesome, guys. If you are looking for some other place to work out, like you said, code plunge, just good vibes, good atmosphere, um, highly recommend. It's in Austin, Texas. Go check it out. But, uh, dude. Definitely, man. And I remember having this conversation. You were just like looking for the spot. Like, he was like, mm-hmm. look, showing me like different locations. Like, hey, I'm looking at this place on this street and mm-hmm. potentially this place. I'm going to go after after we chat here. We're gonna, I'm going to go down the street and take a look at a realtor with this person. And then like literally two, three months later, he's like, yeah, bought, bought the place. I'm working on it. And I'm like, Jesus, that was quick. Like, I just had this conversation with you. Uh, but no, dude, that's uh, it's motivating, dude. You've definitely mm-hmm. motivated me and my company to just like, um, just, just kick ass, man. Just keep your head down and just kick ass because that's what you're doing, dude. And I appreciate it, man. Definitely appreciate it. So uh, we'll have to get you back on when you launch uh, the doc, the docu series. And uh, man, I cannot wait, dude. I cannot wait to check it out. Awesome. Yeah, I have a bio coach event there. 
<laughs> Dude, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we will. You heard that, everyone. We're going to have a biocoach event there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, Brian. Well, dude, have a great rest of the day. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, man. See you, bud.